Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Undivided, episode number 56, Living Your Faith in the Workplace, which is brought to you by Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the world's leader in spoken audio, audiobooks, online periodicals and speeches for all things spoken audio. It's Audible.com. Head on over to Audible.com now or after the show this evening and in the drop-down menu box, enter Life Coach Radio Network for a chance to win a free 30-day trial of Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the sponsor of our program here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And welcome into Undivided. This is a recorded show. It will air this evening. So I'm going to be out front with that. It is Wednesday, October the 16th in the year 2019. And the disclaimer for our program tonight before we get too far forward here. The views of episode number 56 of Undivided, Living Your Faith in the Workplace, may not necessarily be the views of myself as host, Frank J. Maduri, my guest this evening, Jennifer Ball, and may not necessarily be the views of the Life Coach Radio Network. So tonight's topic, Living Your Faith at Work, is can be seen, you know, faith can be seen as a taboo situation, a taboo topic, especially in the workplace. You know, we've gone to a situation in in our world today where people, I don't want to offend someone. Uh, There's a lot of political correctness. Uh, There's a lot of people that are so quick to say that they were offended, not only by this, but by other things that go on at work. And some people think that that might be taken too far, right? That everyone's so quick to, to press that button, if you will. And there's also the forces of secularism at work too. You know, we, we've talked about that on this program throughout the series, the stripping away of God, not only from, uh, from work, but also family as well. Uh, there's so many families that no longer have any connection to spirituality, to faith, to religion. So there's a loss of God at work that kind of corresponds with that. Because if, if the loss is happening at home and some people used to think, well, and still do, may think that, well, faith belongs for Sunday or faith is reserved for particular times of the year, like Christmas or Easter, et cetera, and so forth. But then you contrast that against, you know, the relativism in society and the views of people that are very devout and feel like they should be able to live their faith. They should be able to express their faith, especially the tenets of Uh, Christianity and Catholicism. We've talked a lot about Judeo-Christian values in this show before and being able to love your neighbor and treat others as you would like to be treated. Some company values are really in alignment with that. So I found in counseling and coaching and mentoring and even just knowing people through different work that I've done, contract work, things of that nature, that certain company values are really in alignment with the values of Christ. And that you can have a values conversation with someone, and that's acceptable. And sometimes that gives you a pathway as a manager, as a trainer, uh, as someone involved in an organization to mentor someone and to lead them on a path that might connect them spiritually. There's also religious accommodation. You know, some companies are very, very strong, very passionate about that, and some do it essentially a name only, and we're going to talk about that this evening too. And then we're going to talk about, 
you know, living your faith and being inclusive uh, to all people and how the role of coaching and the role of Jennifer's organization can help with all of that. So to lead us and guide us in this conversation uh, here in this episode tonight is our special guest, Jennifer Ball, and I'm really blessed to have her along with me this evening. And Jennifer is the founder and executive director nationally for the uh, YCP, that's Young Catholic Professionals. They're a 50C3 nonprofit, and they encourage young professionals to embrace their faith at work and witness for Christ. Jennifer received her Bachelor of Science in Marketing from Trinity University, or MBA, from Texas A&M. Jennifer worked for Merrill Lynch prior to uh, joining YCP or starting YCP, and also was a consultant, FTI Consulting, uh, before starting YCP in 2010. Jennifer Baugh, welcome to Undivided. Thank you, Frank. Thanks so much for the honor to be with you. Thank you so much for being here. I really look forward to this for a long time, and hopefully that this uh, program will reach so many people and uh, inspire them. I'm I'm hoping. God be praised. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. How about me? Can you hear me? Excellent. That's always something we want to make sure on an on our podcast, and uh, also if there's a slight delay, you'll get used to that as well. Okay. So the uh, first segment of our program of our show, for those who listen, they know, for those who are along for the first time, welcome. The first segment of the show is called the divide segment, and we look at the divide in society tonight. It's, you know, living your faith at work versus people that think that faith should just be, you know, for certain days of the week or left for Sundays or not in the workplace at all. So as I alluded to in the, in, in the introduction, excuse me, um, secularism is a very prevalent thing, especially in our workplaces today, uh, faith being that frequently that taboo subject. Uh, most people, I, I think, keep it to themselves or may not even sadly have any role in the lives of many people today. Could you explain uh, the first steps that it would take to change this trend? Absolutely. Well, I think in order to set about changing a trend, we have to think about how we got here. And so just like any, any, any business situation, uh, if we want to make change, we have to analyze the, the historical overview, the situation. And so when we think about our landscape of faith, um, we really have identified three challenges that, that most people experience today, especially young workers, in living their faith boldly. Um, in daily life. And number one would be a lack of Catholic identity, that so many people have forgotten what it means to be Catholic. Uh, They really don't have a a deep understanding of how that influences their life and how to embrace their faith in every moment. So I think a real lack of identity as Catholic is is one of the main um, reasons we're here. Number two is a lack of a sense of community, that so many of us are now living in a way where we feel um, lonely and isolated. Studies have shown that people are increasingly feeling that sense of loneliness and lack of community. Um, And then number three is that people are feeling, especially young people, a lack of a sense of a purpose for their life, um, a real sense of restlessness, a lack of direction. And so this would be why uh, faith really is not present in many people's life today and why, again, faith has become such a taboo subject, as you've said. 
So in order to reverse that trend, uh, we need to look at those three and, and look at the positives. Um, that if we can help people understand their faith through catechesis, through programming, through speaking about our faith when God gives us those avenues, um, we can help people develop a sense of, of confidence. Number two, if we can provide a sense of community, if we can reach out to others, especially in the workplace, and help them find that sense of, of belonging. You know, Mother Teresa has said, don't forget that we belong to one another. Uh, that's why we've lost our peace, that we've forgotten that. Um, so I think that's a real step in reversing the trend is, is just really seeking avenues to create community no matter where we are. And then number three, people drifting without that sense of purpose. Well, if we can help people realize that God has a unique plan for them, that, that they have a, a, a significant um, reason for being here, you know, then I think we can work towards reversing that trend. It's, it's really got to be person to person, I think. Um, and I think if we focus on those three elements of helping people embrace their faith, of helping them feel loved in community and helping them realize that they're here for a reason, um, I really do think that we can bring faith back into the world. I tend to agree. I, I, um, I appreciate you laying out the points that way. And I've, I've seen that in my own work with young people is that lack of purpose and that lack of community and then kind of contrasted or in combination with, uh, in this case, uh, a lot of relativism and, and what I like to call meism. And I've talked about that on the show. I did a whole show on relativism at one point and uh, the, some of the millennials and some people from that generation are very, what's in it for me? What is this going to do for me? Um, and they've lost that sense of community that we, we have to look out for each other. And it's just, oh, I don't care. I'm, I'm not going to show up for work tonight because I don't feel like it. And you don't have any understanding of what that does to the other people that you work with. It's just about, well, what have you done for me lately? Um, and I think some of that drives some of these other issues that, that we've seen, this, this lack of purpose and restlessness. And those who have faith, too, you know, they struggle with offending other people, uh, people that may have different views, different belief systems than they do. Uh, they also might worry about what's the repercussions or potential repercussions of me discussing that at work. Can that affect my job? Could you explain to the audience how you would advise those individuals to share their faith in those situations? Absolutely. You know, I think there there is a lot of that sense of worry, of fear out there now because of the culture that is so, you know, so dark and so, um, in a sense, so strong. We feel the culture so strongly that we're, we really are afraid of offending now. And I think if we look to our faith, um, so often we hear, be not afraid, have courage. You know, even our beloved St. Padre Pio, he says, pray, hope, and don't worry. So in a sense, we are, you know, we should be people who have discernment, who are cautious, who aren't rash. Um, but I think we should also have a spirit of boldness. Um, I think too often we focus on what can happen to us if we do speak about our faith, but we don't think of the flip side. What happens if I do speak about my faith? What is the chance that I might be able to help someone who has fallen away or has, who is really needing that conversation in that moment? 
So it's almost like we're operating out of a spirit of kind of scarcity or a spirit of um, kind of concern rather than a spirit of hope. Um, And as Catholics and as faithful people, uh, we do have to be people of hope. Um, So I think that that's number one is that we should stop worrying and instead ask the Holy Spirit to guide us when the opportunities do come to us. Um, There's a quote that I love from St. Philip Neri. He says, cast yourself into the arms of God and be sure that if he wants anything of you, he will fit you for the work and give you strength. So again, it's, it's not necessarily about us and relying on our own strength that there are opportunities that will come up at work and we have to pray for the strength and God will give it to us. And if, if he wants us to speak in that moment, he will prepare us. Um, it's not necessarily anything that we have to do. We just really have to be open. Um, but I think the big thing here, Frank, is that um, we focus too much on, a, on if we are going to offend others. And when we do that, we, in a sense, miss out on the wonderful adventure that is this life, that when we open ourselves, that God can use us as instruments to bring the faith to others. And if we're operating out of that spirit of fear, um, we might be missing out on this great adventure that God has for us. Yes, there may be repercussions, but this is what I think you're um, trying to accomplish through your work, Frank, and what we're trying to accomplish with ours with Young Catholic Professionals, that if we are great workers, that if we are in a sense, invaluable to our companies through our expertise, through our work ethic, um, that we can actually be a little bit more bold than we think because we will be such assets to our companies that, in a sense, we have a little bit more room to move, a little bit more freedom to um, be ourselves and to be true to our faith. So I think that's, that's what we always share in young Catholic professionals, that really seek to do your work well for the glory of God and um, good things will follow um, and and you will open yourself up to more opportunity, including more opportunity to speak about your faith. What an excellent answer. Thank you. Um, Great advice for people out there. And, And again, you know, my wife will say it to me often as well. You have to be open to the Holy Spirit. You have to be open to the opportunities because there'll be times where I'll review my day and I'll do like that exam and at night and I'll say, oh, I missed an opportunity with Mm so-and-so today. I could have brought them, you know, uh, into this whole other dialogue and and I decided not to go there. Uh, I was closed off to that. And in examining that, then, you know, my wife will frequently tell me, well, then, you know, do something about it next time. You know, think about tomorrow. Think about what you can do now that you have that and you review that that interaction in your mind. How can you change it so that moving forward you'd be more open? And so my prayer is to the Holy Spirit to keep me open to those moments with colleagues and with other people that I come into contact with. And and that's you know really where where it starts. We're at uh, 15 minutes into our program here, so we're going to take a short pause for uh, some promotions that are coming up here. Undivided episode 56, Living Your Faith and the Workplace, will be back in a moment. 
But first, upcoming show promotions on the Life Coach Radio Network and Family and Networks, Money Magic. That's Money Magic is the show. Gull Khan is the host. New episode comes your way Tuesday, October the 22nd. Money Magic, Gull Khan, Tuesday, October the 22nd. That's 4 p.m. Eastern. As you know, Gull does her show live from London. So it's 4 p.m. on the East. Do your time zone in the U.S. from that on the Life Coach chat channel is where to find her show. Again, Money Magic is the series. Talks all about the role of money, how people put too much uh, stock in that, essentially, how it tends to dominate people's lives. A goal with someone that has financial background and had left that industry and is now trying to help people uh, understand the real value of money, how it can help people, how it can help help family members, how it can help people that are ill, things like that, uh, the value that you should put on money, and how you could use money to positively impact your loved ones in your community. So it's a great series, Money Magic Gold Con, Tuesday, October 22nd, 4 p.m. Eastern, Life Coach Chat Channel. And let's raise some money this evening. We want to thank our sponsor, Audible.com. Catholic Charities, Catholic Charities can be reached, 800-919-9338. That's Catholic Charities, 800 800- 919-9338, www.salvationarmyus.org. That's salvationarmyus.org. Enter the local zip code to donate in your local area or Google the poor zip code in your state and donate to those who are most in need. And we're back here on Undivided, Episode 56, Living Your Faith in the Workplace. Jennifer Bogg joins us for this episode And when we went to the short break, talking about the role of faith at work and alluding again to to the introduction of the show, most businesses have stripped away God. They've taken away faith from their organizational culture, from maybe their organizational values or corporate values. Most every business does have a set of company values. So, if you could help us and help the audience just provide some insight, some guidance, how can an individual potentially introduce or live their faith at work, maybe through that pathway, as I alluded to in the open of the show, you know, I've been in organizations that are aligned with company values are aligned with that. How can we utilize that? Absolutely. I think that's a a great point that you bring up. You know, most companies do have a set of values that employees adhere by, like humility, respect, etc. And if we really were to dive deep and think about the origin of these values, they actually come from faith. They come from our faith. um, And they align very well with our virtues, with Catholic virtues, faithful virtues. Um, So, for example, again, humility. Um, that's a topic that's that's very wildly uh, talked about, discussed, and it's typically a value at many companies. You know, servant leadership, for example. Um, Jim Collins, you know, in his book Good to Great, talks about level five leadership and how top leaders at companies tend to be people who are very humble. Um, so again, this is a, a value that we, uh, as faithful people, um, you know, embrace and celebrate uh, and ask, we we have to pray for the grace to be humble. So in a sense, it aligns with what we want to do, what our company might be encouraging us, as well as what our faith encourages us. You know, when we look to St. Joseph, for example, the foster father of Christ, 
um, he was probably one of the most humble people um, that we know about, you know, never speaking a single word in the Gospels, yet his actions speak loudly about the kind of humble and strong, devoted man that he was. And so I think, um, you know, by by looking at the values um, that our company might have, we can actually grow deeper in our faith by learning about the origin of these values. Um, you know, servant leadership, like I mentioned, you know, there's a quote from St. Mary Milkop who says, no, no duty is too little to be done well. So in that sense, um, again, we're humbling ourselves to perform our work really well, um, no matter what it is, whether it's, you know, sending an email to a colleague or, you know, doing a report or meeting with a client. Um, there's no duty that's too small for us to do it well, and again, we can offer it to God. So I think in that way, um, by by spending time reviewing our company's values, um, we can align them to our faith and realize that perhaps um, we are living our faith simply by fulfilling the values of our company. Yes, I found that in my own experience as well, and uh, thank you for that insight, is that when you look at corporate values, you say, uh, wow, these are so in line and definitely had their roots in Judeo-Christian value systems and trying to impart that on others and saying to them, okay, how do you think you fit within the values of the company? Um, and how can I help you maybe work in, on some of those areas? And that opens the door for them to then say, well, how do you do it? And I can have a conversation with them about my faith and about what that means to me and the role that it's played in my life. You could get real with people uh, pretty fast and, and they're generally more open to it too, because you're having a conversation around uh, value systems, around the values of the company, how to you know, improve them, their own personal development. Then there's the societal belief that, remains, unfortunately, that faith should be at home. It be, should be reserved for Sundays. It should remain at home versus, you know, our beliefs, you know, as Christians, as Catholics, that our faith in our God is always with us everywhere. How can someone stay in balance? Well, I think it's important, again, to realize, you know, we are not – in a sense, answering to the world, we answer to God. And as our faith, as as people of faith, um, it is impossible to think that we can be faithful in one moment after work on Sunday, and then turn it off like a switch when we're at work. So, you know, I think we have to realize that when we say we're people of faith, that's for every moment. It actually becomes the way that we see the world, and so we live. By faith, and so um, yes, the world may say it has to be reserved for certain times, but we, as faithful people, realize that's that's impossible. Now that said, it doesn't mean that we need to be, you know, shouting our faith at all moments, and and in a sense um, being, you know, inappropriate or out of place. I think God also has to. We have to pray for the gift of discernment. God gives us discernment, so we know when are appropriate times to speak about our faith and when not. Most of the time we should speak about our faith through our actions, right? Um, we just had a conference with young Catholic professionals based on a book by Brother Lawrence, who was a Carmelite from the 17th century. 
And he, he wrote a book um, about practicing the presence of God. So this is the topic that we're discussing now. And he says, it's a great delusion to think that times of prayer ought to different, differ from other times. So he explains how he was just as much in the presence of God when he was cooking in a noisy kitchen versus when he's on his knees in prayer in front of adoration, in front of the blessed sacrament. Um, and so this, this book, this theme is that it's all about the way that we orient our hearts, that we have to be in that consistent conversation with God throughout the day, no matter what we're doing, thinking of him from time to, to time, offering a project to him. And in that way, we can live our faith in every moment. And it doesn't mean that we have to be, you know, speaking about it with our coworkers and evangelizing at all times. We can live our faith again simply by being a faithful worker, by doing our work diligently, by, by being um, charitable to our coworkers. We can actually live our faith in every moment. And in that way, it doesn't actually, um, in a sense, go against what the world says that we have to reserve our, our faith for for outside of, of work. Uh, in a sense, we can we can cooperate with the world um, by being in it, by living in it, by being a, a contributor, um, by but recognizing in our hearts that we are not of the world. We're not of this world. We're called to be in it, but with our our heart in heaven. You know, our feet on earth, but our heart should always be in heaven. Um, so I think in that way we can strike a, pa- a balance. I like that. Feet on earth, heart in heaven. <laughs> That's great. I'm, I take notes always, so I'm taking some notes. But, yes, uh, I was trying to think of the occurrence um, before, and it just came to me. We were visiting with a, a, a neighbor of ours across the street and checking in on her because she lives alone. And my wife was saying to to our neighbor that I do that really well um, in that when I'm in the different work that I do, I'm always praying and I'm always asking for help and I'm always trying to be in that moment. So like a whole bunch of stuff can be going on around me and I'm really focused and I'm really zoned in to what I'm doing because I'm, I'm usually in prayer of some type. And even if it's something as simple as, you know, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need your help on this so that I don't mess up. You know, wiring this receiver or whatever I'm doing in, in the course of my day. You know, work-wise, I need your help with this so that I don't fall off this ladder right now or whatever it is. You know, <laughs> I need to not be afraid, and I need you to be with me through a difficult interaction with a client. Let's say, help me to keep my peace. And she says, you know, more people need to do that. And, you know, it's something that I still work on myself. I mean, we all can. There are times where I say, man, I lost my peace today because I was tired and I shouldn't have reacted that way. And so when you examine, you do self-examination, we can all find those instances. But there's a response to religious accommodation that could be taken one way or another. So the scenario I want to build is where an individual Uh, let's say, is asking for a religious accommodation from an employer. They may feel ostracized because of their faith, maybe because I've I've seen it in different faiths, and I'll explain that in a minute, Um, whether it's Christianity, Catholicism, or otherwise. Some organizations are really good with that, as I mentioned in in the open. They're really religiously tolerant, and some are only 
that way in name only, so to speak. How can we deal with this? That's a great question, and I think it is something that most of us will have to reckon with in this day and age because I think um, employers will become increasingly less tolerant, um, you know, with religious um, practice at work. Uh, we're, we're seeing that in the media now. Um, and so I think it's something we have to be prepared for. And my answer to that is probably not the easiest answer, but yes, you may be ostracized for living your faith. And so I think we need to have a plan and a, a plan B, essentially. Um, and that is part of the reason that we have this organization, Young Catholic Professionals. You know, a huge part of it is to help young people embrace their faith, to, to you know, help them feel that sense of purpose. But the community aspect is so important. Um, and the reason we do that is, you know, in this day and age when the world is so dark, we need to have a, a team of people around us who can support us. So if a young worker is ostracized at work or living her faith, um, it's important that she has Catholics around her who can help her find another job, um, that she knows Catholic business people, Catholic leaders, so that she could potentially go work for a company where she knows that she will be able to live her faith and practice her faith. So I guess my answer is that I think we just we have to surround ourselves with like-minded individuals um, in the chance, in the instance, that we will have to pursue other employment. Uh, but I think we have to be true to our faith. You know, St. Joan of Arc, so many of the saints, I mean, they were they were martyred for their faith. Uh, so, you know, if we get fired from a job, that's, that's, that's our little way of, of being a martyr. Um, you know, I'm not saying that we have to go out there and, and in a sense, uh, challenge our bosses and kind of uh, instigate problems that aren't existing. I'm not saying that. But if it gets to the point where we really can't be true to ourselves and to our faith, uh, then I think we have to have the confidence to move on. And the only way we can do that is if we ha surround ourselves with people who can help us. Um, I really believe that faithful people should hire other other Christians, other Catholics, um, that we should support each other. If, if we're going to, let's say if we if we want people of faith, to be in positions of leadership in companies, we have to be willing to hire like-minded individuals. We have to be, um, in a sense, looking out for our own, looking out for our family. And that's the only way that we're going to fight this world, which is raging, you know, so, so tirelessly to bring us faithful people down. Um, so I guess my answer to you, Frank, is that we really just have to be prepared and we have to have a plan. No, that's great advice, and and uh, I think for people out there that feel that, um, I've seen that in different, as I had mentioned before, with different faiths too. I've worked with people that are Muslim, and they'll say to me, oh, Frank, you know, should I ask, you know, the manager on duty or the supervisor on duty to, you know, to do my prayers if that's okay? And to be put in that position that you feel like, well, if I ask, you know, it's during work, they're going to tell me no, and then what do I do? And you, you, know, you see the angst in some of these people that are very faithful and very devout. And uh, I've seen that with, with different religions, um, with um, colleagues that are, are Jewish and things of that nature. They say, well, I can't work this day because, of the, you know, I can't work Saturdays. You know, it's the Sabbath for me. 
And, you know, some companies are like, well, we, we need you here on Saturday. I've seen that. I've seen other places say, okay, fine. We, we won't, uh, you know, put you on the schedule for Saturday. So there's different things where I've seen it. I've been um, fortunate in my life to be in places that are very uh, religiously tolerant and with organizations that have accommodated me and, and uh, accommodated, you know, cause I work weekends currently and accommodate my need to go to mass and also uh, accommodate me to do different events at my uh, parish on Fridays, which is like wonderful. So I've experienced that and, and I feel like it's, it's really legitimate that they're trying to accommodate me as best as they can uh, around their business and around what we do together. We're right at the midpoint of the show, so we're going to take our midpoint of the show break. Episode 56, Living Your Faith at Work, will be back in a moment. We're going to change into the next segment of our show when we return. Uh, first, a couple of uh, show promotions for you here on Life Coach Radio Networks. Replenish Me, that's Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar is the host. Replenish Me, new episode, one week from tonight, Wednesday, October the 23rd. That's a live show at 7 p.m. over on the Life Coach chat channel. Replenish Me with Cordelia Gaffar. Remember, she was a guest on our show. That's a long-running show. Uh, she has some great guests, and all her archive episodes can be found on the site. New episode comes your way one week from tonight, Wednesday, October 23rd at 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Life Coach Chat Channel. And Erica Wiederlight, Erica Wiederlight show. Normally, she's on on Mondays. You've heard me promote her show before. She's normally on a Monday. She has a special edition of her show coming up in a couple of weeks, Wednesday, October the 30th, and a special time, 10 a.m. Eastern. So it's a live show, special edition of Erica Wiederlight show, Wednesday, October 30th at 10 a.m. instead of the Monday spot over on the Life Coach chat channel, head to her website, that's wethelight.com. And speaking of being the light to someone that could be in darkness or despair, someone who could be hurting, someone who could have a situation in their life, maybe they've been ostracized for having faith, maybe they've lost their faith and they don't know where to turn, and maybe they're feeling terrible about their situation in life. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. The lifeline reminds you that you matter, that every person, we've talked about it tonight on our show, we've talked about it in the past, every person is made by God. Every person has a unique purpose. So please, please don't hurt yourself. Call the number, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. And food for the poor, that's Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104, or head on over to www.foodforthepoor.org to help that wonderful organization help people in need. And we're back here on Undivided, episode number 56, Living Your Faith in the Workplace with Jennifer Ball. And we're going to go to the Bridging the Divide segment. At this point, I would open the phones, but we have no phone calls tonight. It's a recorded program. So I ask that you please send me feedback or any questions that you may have that I could forward to Jennifer at Undivided Show. That's Undivided, S-H-O-W, at gmail.com. Or DM me on Twitter at F-M-A-D-U-R-I. So now we're going to head into the Bridging the Divide segment. So, Jennifer, how do we bridge the divide? Between those who think that religion has no place at work with those who seek to live their faith in the workplace. 
Well, I think the way to to bridge anything is to have a centralized goal, um, you know, a, a shared goal that both sides have in common. Um, so I think in a in a company, in a workplace, a shared goal could be the success of the team, the success of the organization. It could be um, supporting customers and providing the best quality service um, that we can to our to our vendors, to our coworkers. Um, so I think. It starts by, you know, um, focusing on what we share because there's so much that we share. And then I think from there um, we can emphasize the fact that one way to achieve this shared goal is through the values of the company like we spoke about earlier in the show, um, which again for us as faithful people would be through living virtuously. Um, And I think that that's an opportunity through this shared goal that we have to speak about um, how to get there, a stepping stones, the virtues are stepping stones to get to this this shared goal that we have. So I, I would say, you know, my advice would be in terms of bridging the gap with anyone is, is looking for um, the things that we have in common and then realizing that there's so much that we that we share and a way to, to get there is through uh, living a life of values, through living a life of virtue, um, and then opportunities will come through that shared direction to speak about our faith and, in a sense, bridge bridge that gap. But, again, it has to be step-by-step, step, um, and we really have to kind of focus first on, on what we share, that, again, we're all humans, that we're all on this, on this planet together at the same time, um, and that really God has given us so many talents that we can utilize and that we need each other on the, on the road. Yes, I have a circumstance from my own life too, where um, I've—I don't know if I've shared it on the show or not, but in my my full-time work, I uh, recently was promoted and I was uh, transferred to a different location. So I had to work with all new people and all new upper management, and um, uh, I have a whole new team, uh, sales team, and in getting to know them. You know, they say to me, okay, you know, you've been here a couple of weeks. Uh, It's time for their, you know, monthly review. Um, And it actually is, you know, part of their, like, quarterly review process. And I don't know these people very well. I've been there a couple of weeks. And so I decided, you know what, I'm not going to talk about performance. I'm not going to talk about metrics. It was all about getting to know them. What do we have in common? because we were so busy at work. Some of them I knew a little bit about. I don't really even know you. Tell me about yourself. Tell me about your family. Tell me about what's important to you. What do you like doing outside of work? And they all said to me, no one had ever done something like that with them before. You know, no one had asked them some of the questions that I asked them about motivation and, you know, purpose in their lives and what they're looking to do to develop themselves. Because that's what I'm there for at the end of the day. And through that uh, sharing of those common traits, you find commonalities and then share your faith. Please explain to the audience um, what strides you think need to take place to allow for more inclusive work environments or environments at work that better incorporate, you know, faith in the workplace. Well, a lot of, a lot of sort of the decisions that are made um, in terms of tolerance for religion 
come from individuals in leadership, right? It, it really it's the individuals in leadership in a company who determine how tolerant a, a company is going to be. So I think the first step would be that we as faithful people have to rise to the top to positions of leadership so that we can influence the direction of the company, the values of the company. And the way that we can rise to the top is, again, by being great workers, by being invaluable workers, um, performing our work well for the glory of God. Um, I recently gave a talk to some college students about, you know, three virtues that I think help us um, grow as leaders and help us live our faith. And I used St. Joseph as a model. So, again, uh, it was perseverance, um, really being willing to endure, not quit when things get tough. Um, two is humility, um, learning to ask for help, having the humility to, to realize that we need others. And then three is courage or fortitude, which is, um, again, having that spirit of, of boldness, that strength that means that we can even make decisions boldly at work even when we don't have all the answers. And so um, I shared with these college students that I think if we can grow in these virtues that we will um, rise to the top in our companies and in a sense we'll be able to better influence the cult, the culture. Um, and I, I think that that's really the, the best way is, you know, um, there will be always be those individuals in, in positions of leadership who are against the faith. Um, but I think, you know, they, they won't endure. And so because the values, again, come from faith and the values are what will endure at these companies. So I think if we're, if we're willing to persevere um, as, as Christians, as faithful people, then we will have longevity at these companies and we'll be able to make an even, an even more lasting impact. I love it. I love that you're referencing St. Joseph. I've mentioned on the show previously, it's my confirmation saint. And I'm looking at his picture here on, on my desk as, as you're talking. And um, how wonderful. Uh, I share a lot of, of those common traits in my approach to work, too, and uh, the perseverance, humility, and courage. I love that. Uh, the humility is uh, something also you had mentioned that earlier and I wanted to circle back to it, and what an opportune time. Good segue. Uh, the H factor is something that I'm sure you're aware of, that they're now uh, major corporations are saying they're, they are changing the way that they're uh, sending out surveys to get candidates for top leadership positions in, like, major international corporations, and they have a test called the H factor, and they actually will pull those responses from the assessment, the survey they send out to potential candidates to gauge their H factor. And they actually will give a humility factor to people and score them that way. So they don't want people that are out there saying, Oh, I won this award and that award. And uh, uh, I had this, you know, multimillion dollar sale that I closed. They don't want to hear about any of that. The humility is the factor that they're looking for. And as you mentioned before, some of the most successful people are very humble um, in their approach and also the courage. I ask for that a lot. You know, God, give me the courage to have this conversation. Let's say it's an accountability conversation. It's going to might get uncomfortable. God help me to have this conversation so that I can approach this, this uh, employee and say, well, what's going on? Why are you struggling? Um, how can, you know, I help you, but I have to hold you accountable because you're not performing. Uh, the way that we need you to. 
and there is an expectation. So again, courage is very important, you know, in those conversations as well. And being a top performer to get into a leadership role to help influence so that it's not a culture that people feel, quote unquote, beat up or bullied. It becomes a, a culture of leadership that takes on a, a, a more, a, a different aspect, a different approach. Uh, could you explain uh, to the audience the effects of relativism on the work that you're trying to do or that you're undertaking at YCP? Absolutely. So, I mean, I think just to explain um, relativism, you know, Pope Emeritus Benedict spoke about it quite often in, in, during his pontificate. He said, mm-hmm. we're moving towards a dictatorship of relativism, which does not recognize anything as for certain, and which has as its highest goal one's own ego and one's own desires. And, uh, you know, we can see this more and more. Um, it's It's very challenging today because nothing, the world says that nothing is true, nothing is certain, and that everything is okay. Uh, You know, do whatever feels right to you, um, that there's no right and wrong. You know, and we see this, um, you know, even in our work with young Catholic professionals. um, We have a very high standard when it comes to what it means to be Catholic, right? So we have all of our volunteers sign of faithfulness to the teachings of the church, um, saying that, it, you know, as they represent the organization, YCP, that they will be true to these teachings and they won't speak counter to the faith uh, in, in their role within young Catholic professionals. And we're finding that um, it's, it's becoming increasingly challenging um, for our, our volunteers, our leaders, to maintain this standard, even as they invite executive speakers and mentors uh, because so many people who say that they're Catholic today are, like we spoke about earlier, really Catholic in name only, and they're not willing to sign this faithfulness to the teachings of the church document that we have, uh, because, again, it goes against relativism, which says everything's fine, everything's true, um, nothing's wrong. You know, it's it's all up to the individual, you know, and this is everything from, you know, um, the church's teaching on life, on sexuality, on marriage, uh, and so we're finding that our young leaders are becoming kind of more and more afraid to uh, be bold about our faith, even in the context of YCP, just because the world is, you know, again, it's this dictatorship of relativism. Um, so it's becoming challenging. Uh, it definitely is, and I, I think as an organization, we just have to realize that we are fighting against this dictatorship of relativism, and so we have to stay close to Christ. The the answer that Pope Emeritus Benedict says to relativism, he says, a friendship with Christ opens us up to all that is good and gives us the criterion by which to distinguish the true from the false, deceit from truth. So as an organization, our call is, is to stay close to Christ. Um, and in that way, we can stay close to the truth and we can differentiate right from wrong. And um, the closer that we are to Christ, again, the more confidence that we have to be um, be bold and be, be um, witnesses to our faith because we realize that we have um, with us, you know, a, a great, a great strength through Christ um, to conquer all. I mean, he has already conquered all. Um, but through him and through his support, 
we can save as many souls as possible. Um, so, I mean, it's sort of a long-winded answer, but I think it, it's becoming challenging, more and more challenging every day to do the work that we're doing. But again, that motivates us more and more to keep fighting um, because this organization is needed more than ever to fight the culture. Exactly. And, and no, it was a great answer because, it, and it made me think of a couple of different things. One of them being, you know, the ninth station of the cross when, when Jesus falls for the third time. Uh, one of the reflections I use throughout the different walks I take on the way of the cross is, you know, to continue, you know, even in his weakness and even in, in what some may call like a pitiable state. Jesus continued his walk, his walk to Calvary, and that I'm called to do the same thing. Like even in my sinfulness, when I completely fail at doing God's will, if I completely miss the boat, as they say that day, I still have an obligation to persevere, to push forward, and to to continue to do and my, give my best effort to living the way God wants me to live. So that that's one thing that made me think of it is you know, when we get this resistance, sometimes it, it will, you know, we, we might fall down beneath that and be like, oh, I should have reacted this way or I should have taken this action and I didn't do so. I was afraid. You can go back, you can ask for forgiveness and you can try again. And and that's what I think people need to, to know that, you know, God is a forgiving God and and that we can live in, as you said, in friendship with Christ. So many people, you know, through my accommodation at work, in various places that I've worked, they'll ask me about that, that faith and that journey and why is that important to me. And they may see faith and they may see church and they may see masses going to a place with a bunch of relics in it. And to me, it's a living thing. It it comes with me. It's with me always. To me, it's something that is a relationship. And it made me think of the football kicker from a couple of weeks ago. If he made headlines when after the game, after hitting the winning kick, you know, in his interview, he said, you know, essentially people have to develop a relationship with Jesus Christ because he is real. And if you don't, you better start. And he made headlines for that. What a witness. What a powerful witness on national television. You exactly. know, it wasn't about him. Right? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what working in witness for Christ is all about. And, and you know, that's our slogan with young Catholic professionals is working in witness for Christ. And that football player, that's his work, that's his profession. And he used it to witness to Christ. So, I mean, he was confident to do it. And, again, kind of going back to what we were saying, it's, it's because he's excellent at his craft. So it opens him up to the opportunity to be a witness. Uh, but we have to use the opportunities that are given to us, and, and that young man did. Um, and I think that's really inspiring. Yes, I also share with my wife, too, you know, there's an outfielder for the Philadelphia Phillies. It's a, he's a young player, Adam Hazley. And, you know, you go on his Twitter page, you go on his Twitter account to connect with him. And it's not, I'm a first-round draft pick of the Philadelphia Phillies. It's not, I'm a professional baseball player. His tagline, his slogan there beneath his name on Twitter, his description of who he is, is a sinner saved by grace. That's it. 
That's it. It's not, I'm this great baseball player or this or that. It's, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And how refreshing in a world that is increasingly under the effect of relativism to have people out there, you know, it's a real inspiration, boldly being a witness in that way. And I will say to people, you know, I, people said to me, well, what's next for you? What are you going to do now, now that you got promoted? I, and I even said it in the interview for the job when I got promoted. I have no plan. My plan mm-hmm. is God's plan for my life. I follow it wherever he takes me. He's taking care of me. I've done all different sorts of things that I never thought I'd do. Um, I always just try and say yes. I look within myself and I say yes. My, I have no plan. So wherever God brings me next, I'm here now. I'm here for a reason. We're here now for a reason, and that's it. So I wanted to ask you, Jennifer, at this point in the show, we talk about the role of coaching, life coaching, because it's Life Coach Radio Network. But I want to ask you about the role of YCP. We've touched on it in the last couple of points here in helping people live their faith at work effectively. And then I'll talk a little bit about how life coaching can relate to this topic. Absolutely. You know, I think part of what makes YCP unique is we we realize that in order to really help people grow, we have to look at the the whole person, um, everything that they're going through, everything that they're experiencing. So while some ministries really just focus on spiritual growth and then other organizations, you know, focus purely on professional growth, we really work to blend the two um, because we are we are people. Um, that are not just spiritual or not just professional. We are, uh, we are really called to be both consummate professionals through faith. Um, and so what YCP does through all of its programming is really helps young people grow in all avenues of their life. So, uh, you know, we have networking happy hours, which help them to meet other Catholics, help them to grow in their ability to connect with others, which is such an important skill, um, you know, especially in living your faith at work. You, you, need, you need others around you to have the confidence to do that. Uh, we have executive speaker series where we feature a Catholic role model who shares practical wisdom with us as to how to do that, how to live their faith, and answers questions from the audience. So, again, we have a resource um, to go to, to to answer those questions that are on our hearts. Uh, we also have access to executive mentors. So if you're a young Catholic who um, wants to learn more about how to grow in your career, um, but you want to do it from the perspective of faith, you want to stay true to your faith, you can uh, meet with a Catholic executive who can share wisdom with you. We also have access to spiritual directors and counselors uh, so that you can grow deeper in your prayer life, and and that will help you grow in the gift of discernment, um, again, so that you can learn from from the Holy Spirit uh, where opportunities might come for you to witness your faith. We have panel discussions on the virtues. We talked a lot in this episode um, about virtues. So we have panel discussions where we can learn to grow in humility, grow in prudence, grow in fortitude, grow in perseverance. Um, And again, it's very practical. Um, So we learn from the catechism, we learn from the saints, but then we tie that in to our everyday experience. 
Um, so we have a whole host of programs and events that are really designed to help these young workers grow um, in confidence, both in their faith, but also in their ability to be um, ambassadors for that faith in everyday life. Uh, it's such important work, especially in this fight against uh, the secularism that's taken place. I've talked about it at length and throughout the series of this show running and, you know, the 4th of July episode on America and, and how, you know, there's been two of those episodes throughout the run of the show about how, you know, people have tried to strip God from this country and on our value system that was founded on, on God. And to see the work that you are undertaking, it's so important. And we're going to get to the top of the hour in a couple minutes uh, and how we could support YCP in doing that work. Uh, it's just, it's, it's very critical because it's, I know people that are, are struggling, you know, uh, people in my parish and they're, they're out in the world and they're saying, how do I do this at work? Um, how do I live a certain way and you know, progress at work. This is very helpful to people that, especially starting out. As far as the role of life coaching, I'll touch on that very quickly. Um, the school that I went to for my certifications, uh, IPC, uh, IPEC for is the uh, an acronym that most of the people here in, in the East use for. It. Uh, that school taught us that the spiritual connection is the biggest breakthrough that we could ever have with a client. So the client that you're coaching has all different types of aspects to their life. Uh, the, the family aspect of faith, social, physical well-being, mental well-being, all the things that make up you. And a very important aspect of that, the, besides the emotional and the psychological, is the spiritual so we talk about good physical health, but good spiritual health. And I've shared stories about, you know, mentoring people and talking with people and coaching people that had no spiritual connection at all when we started um, and then grew into that. That was a breakthrough, and it makes you feel so good as, as a coach. So as a life coach, we, we talk to people and, and help them to understand that some of that restlessness that Jennifer mentioned uh, near the top of the show, some of that lack of a sense of purpose is kind of set adrift. This lack of community, this lack of identity is directly related to their spiritual disconnection. And how could you have any of that if you have no connection to God? And that's the discussion. That's how life coaching can help if you are really struggling with a lack of purpose and a lack of community, a lack of identity, uh, life coaching, especially how we were trained, can help you to develop that spiritual connection uh, through the interactions that we would have, through the sessions we would have, and identifying that as a goal moving forward. We're at the Common Ground segment, and we're right on time. Uh, how do we find Common Ground? So in this segment, we're always going to the first steps that we can take the first small actions that we could take on a subject. So now we've discussed it. We've, we've bridged this divide. We've talked about different ways we can do that. How do we find common ground to foster workplaces that are more receptive to faith and operating within the ideals of Christ? 
Absolutely. I mean, I think, again, it just, it's all about being um, a real person, you know, being authentic. And I think in this day and age, it's so rare that people are looking for it. They're craving authenticity. Um, and so I think if, if we just present ourselves as we are, uh, people of faith, but also sinners, like you talked about, the, the, you know, athlete whose Twitter says a sinner saved by grace, you know, we're not presenting ourselves as holier than thou, but really real people on a journey. Um, I think that's something everyone can relate to. We're all on a journey. And I think there's so many ways to connect, whether it's someone sharing with us a struggle in their personal life, in their family life, um, needing help with a work assignment, you know, wanting some advice about their career progression, you know, wanting to chat about um, something that's happening in current events. I mean, there's so many avenues that come up um, that we can use as as avenues to connect with people. Um, Most people out there are longing for a sense of peace. And I think that really deep down, as as we know from St. Augustine, our hearts will be restless until they rest in God. And so if we really care for people, um, we really should look to support them um, and, and help them grow in faith. So I think it starts by just really befriending people, um, by, by being real um, and, you know, not presenting ourselves as, as any, anything greater than, than what we are, which is simply a child of God. And I think in that way we'll, we'll be more able to connect with others. Um, I think if we perform our work well, again, for the glory of God, that was a theme that we touched on earlier, um, that we will be people that others will admire and respect and look to for guidance. And so I think it, it really stems from, you know, being a person of virtue. I love that you talk so much, Frank, about the examination of conscience in the evening um, or any time of day. Um, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for us to look inside and, and revisit, are we using our talents and gifts and the time that we've been given um, for the glory of God? And, and in this way, we'll live each day honestly and I think um, oriented towards towards heaven. So I think in some some of those little ways we can find common ground with others, connect, and then find opportunities to be a witness and help others come to know Christ. That's wonderful. Thank you for for sharing that and for for your insight with the audience tonight. Um, How can people get in touch with YCP? I wanted you to just talk a minute about you know the the program, the organization, I should say, maybe a different program that you have going on an upcoming event. How people could get involved, or how they could contact you, how they could support you too, because uh, you are a five hundred one c three. So uh, now is the time. Uh, I'd like to open that up for you to to let our audience know how that can be done. Oh. Thank you so much, Frank, and I want to thank you for your um, ministry and for having me on, on this program. I really appreciate it. You know, we would love to have everyone involved in young Catholic professionals, even though we are reaching young people in their 20s and 30s. There's actually an opportunity for everyone to get involved. Um, something that makes us unique is we do look to bridge the gap between the generations. So we do connect with college students to help them realize there's a home for them when they graduate. Uh, We also connect with Catholics who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond uh, because, again, this is a great way for them to leave a legacy, to pass on their faith, to pass on their 
professional experience to young people today who are so looking for guidance and direction. So this is just a plea for everyone listening to to connect and get involved. Our website is youngcatholicprofessionals.org. Uh, I'm the founder of this organization. We have a very small team of six people running, you know, pretty complex nonprofit. We have 20 chapters across the nation. So we're always looking for financial support to help us grow, uh, but also looking for strategic advisors and, and just any type of volunteers. Um, for any young person listening, we'd also love to potentially launch a chapter in your city. So if you go on our website on the Start a Chapter page or find a chapter, excuse me, uh, you can see where we have our current 20 chapters across the nation. And if we're not in your city yet, you can see on the Start a Chapter page that we'd love to work with you and help you launch a chapter in your city so we can reach um, some of the young people in your area. So if you go on youngcatholicprofessionals.org, it's so easy. You can connect with me, contact us. I'd love to hear from any of you, maybe any of the themes of the show, if they resonated with you. We want to get to know you. Um, on an annual basis, we have our conference, our national conference, we just had ours actually in Dallas um, this past September, so it'll be a whole other year until the next one, but everyone is invited, and I get, again, if you just stay tuned with us on our website, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, you can find some of the information there. Um, so thank you so much, Frank. Really appreciate it, and uh, until we meet again, I think we'll be praying for each other, that's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time and preparation and, and for uh, joining the program and joining Undivided and, and sharing this message of, of hope for people in the workplace that struggle with this and giving such great advice for people. So I, I really appreciate it. It was a real blessing uh, to, truly to have you on. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Frank. I think you're a, an inspiration as well, and I, I wish that we could connect, you know, more young people to people like you, like, um, you know, witnesses like you across the country. So we'll pray for that as well. Amen. Thank you. Uh, what a wonderful and blessed hour that we've had. Uh, you know, in summing things up, you know, for tonight, I'm going to do a couple of promotions real fast, and then... Um, close out the show for the for the evening uh it's just been such a blessing uh to talk about this very important subject uh very quickly money magic Golcon tuesday october 22nd 4 p.m eastern over on life coach chat channel replenish me cordelia far the host wednesday october 23rd 7 p.m eastern on the life coach chat channel and erica Wiederlight. Special edition of her show, Wednesday, October 30th, so two weeks from today, 10 a.m. Eastern. That's a live show, 10 a.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Chat Channel. Go to her website, wethelight.com. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. Visit Salvation Army at salvationarmyus.org and enter your zip code to donate locally. MAP International, 800-225-8550. That's 800-225-8550. 8550www.map.org and then finally samaritanspurse.org samaritanspurse.org 828-262-1980 to donate to that wonderful organization so as Jennifer had said throughout our, our time here tonight if you struggle with a lack of identity a lack of community a lack of purpose it, it's time to tap into the 
to the faith. It's time to tap into your uh, spiritual component of your life. It's time to, you know, give your work to the glory of God, to get into a leadership role, to help within your workplace if you feel that it's, it should be changed. Be the change. You know, be real with people. Don't be, you know, holier than thou, as we talked about in the Common Ground segment. Don't come off as you're above somebody because you're connected to your faith. That's not going to help get anyone on the team, so to speak. It's important to remember that we answer to God and not the world, as Jennifer said. That was wonderful, you know. And and to have discernment, keep your feet on earth and your heart in heaven. It's important to understand that, you know, there's the power of the Holy Spirit at work always. And it can't just be reserved for Sundays. To be virtuous in what we do and to have our work pointed to God. I take some seminars with Ken Blanchard through the Ken Blanchard Company. And if some of you are familiar with it, it's a management company and they do a lot of management uh, training. And I take courses every week through Ken Blanchard to improve myself as a leader. And Ken Blanchard's the author of The One Minute Manager's best selling book. And he hosted uh, one of the webinar classes I took a few weeks back. And his response during one part of, of the dialogue was, you want to know how to be a great leader at work, lead like Jesus. Lead like Jesus. And that's what I'll leave you with here tonight. Be real. Be a child of God. And support other people. And share your faith without fear. And that's how we'll all live, truly undivided. My next show is actually in three weeks. We have a three-week break. Sometimes the calendar allows for that. Episode 57 is coming up on November the 6th. That's three weeks from today, live at 7 p.m. So we'll be back on a live show with that. Nancy Coble will be my guest. Nancy Coble, she works at NASA. It's going to be a really interesting conversation. Episode 57, Undivided. November 6th, three weeks from tonight, live at 7 p.m. So I'd like to thank the audience. I would like to thank Jennifer for her time. I would like to tell everyone to go support YCP, get on their website. I thank everyone, listeners near and far, from the bottom of my heart for listening to this program, and for Russ Terry, for Danica Treble, for all my fellow co-hosts here on the Life Coach Radio Network. This has been episode number 56 of Undivided, Living Your Faith in the Workplace. And until I catch you again on the airwaves in three weeks, as always, be blessed and be well.